This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L. It fuses streaming and free-to-air TV into a single experience, which means you don't have to go in and out of apps to discover content you'll love. Hubble, it's TV and streaming made easy. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday, 8th of September, in your Squiz Today... A tussle with Timor-Leste, managing our economic expectations, the dangers of mixing work and play, and an Aussie dream dashed. This is your Squiz Today. Claire, we spoke yesterday about the challenges the Australian government is facing in its relationship with the Solomon Islands, but today the focus has shifted to another of our neighbours after a new defence corporation agreement was announced with Timor-Leste. Yeah, that deal was outlined yesterday by President Jose Ramos-Horta. He was in Canberra yesterday addressing the National Press Club. What the agreement does is cover all sorts of things, but particularly increased military cooperation, particularly in the Timor Sea. Uh, It was a bit of a mixed bag, though. What Ramos-Horta wants is more financial support from Australia and says that Timor-Leste would consider financial support from China if it's not forthcoming. The deal is being perceived as a good thing overall, but it didn't come entirely without strings attached as Ramos Horta strongly hinted that Australia might like to reconsider its position on a big and troublesome natural gas project in the Timor Sea. Yes, and that project really has been a source of contention between Timor-Leste and Australia for about 20 years. Uh, It's known as the Greater Sunrise Field. It sits 450 kilometres off the coast of Darwin. It's 150 kilometres south of Timor-Leste, and it's estimated to be worth about $70 billion. It's a project that's operated by Woodside. It's really keen to get cracking on extracting that gas. Of course, gas is in high demand at the moment because of the war in Ukraine and all sorts of energy shortages across the world. But it really is stalled about where that gas would be processed. Of course, Australia wants it processed here and so does Woodside because we have the facilities to do that. But Timor-Leste wants it to go in their direction because it would be a really great big nation-building project for them. So what Ramos Horta yesterday asked for was support to do that. There's no evidence that Timor-Leste would actually walk away from the project if they don't get Australian support, but it does still raise important questions about ongoing regional security in the Pacific. Back home, Claire, concerns about our financial stability are still front of mind. And there was some good news yesterday that our economy grew by 3.6% over the last financial year. However, it did come with quite a big but. Yeah, there's a really big but, and that is that it was quite a difficult year. When you look back on the 2021-22 financial year, from July to September, Sydney and Melbourne were basically in lockdown. In October to December, our borders were still closed, even though we were emerging from those lockdowns. January to March, we were kind of getting into gear, but Omicron really kicked us around. And then April to June, 
really things started to come back to normal, but there were those interest rate rises. So what Jim Chalmers, our treasurer, says is that there's some good news and some good signs in there, but really there's some difficulty down the line, particularly coming back to those interest rate increases. Finance Minister Katie Gallagher has also tempered expectations about the impending budget, saying that savings will have to be made for the government to pay for things that are becoming more expensive, including aged care, defence and the National Disability Insurance Scheme. Staying at home, Claire, Sex Discrimination Commissioner Kate Jenkins has addressed a workplace issue that will be familiar to many. She says that a work-hard, play-hard culture can be dangerous for women on both a professional and a personal level. Yeah, and a lot of that comes down to alcohol. Uh, What she says is that in those sorts of workplaces and industries where networking over alcohol, going out to drinks uh, at functions where alcohol really is a feature, it's an issue for women because, of course, they can be put into situations where they're not particularly safe. But she also says professionally uh, women are treated differently to men and if they have a big session or get a bit loose that sometimes they're judged a bit more harshly. Jenkins was the author of a report into the workplace culture in Parliament House and has called out drinking as an issue there as well. And with Parliament House's fabled midwinter ball taking place last night, there's likely to be some sore heads in the halls of power today. Now, speaking of vices, Claire, smoking is another big one for a lot of people. But if you're under 35, you're probably more likely to be into vaping, which has caused some very costly problems for e-cigarette giant Juul in the US, which has just agreed to a fine of $650 million for targeting children. Yeah, it's been a really big thing in the US. Of course, vaping is an issue, not just in the United States, but in Australia and plenty of other countries as well. Uh, What happened a couple of years ago was that Juul Labs were put under investigation uh, and taken to court by 33 American states. Uh, What they said is that they were concerned that kids at school particularly were being targeted uh, by advertising and by all sorts of marketing online, uh, really trying to get them addicted to those products. Uh, The company has kept a pretty low profile in the last couple of years as they went through that process. But in settling it, it's a big settlement, about 650 million Australian dollars. They say that they're going to do better and they won't target young people at all. Claire and Kate did an excellent squeeze shortcut on vaping a little while back as this issue kicked off in the US. So if you'd like to hear more, you can find a link to that episode in today's show notes. It's been an emotional week for a lot of people listening, Claire, as first we saw Isla Tomlanovich crash out of the US Open, followed by Nick Kyrgios yesterday in his typically dramatic fashion. <laughs> it's not a Nick Kyrgios defeat if there isn't a whole lot of drama that goes with it. But look, both of them played incredibly well. Um, they did extremely well to get to those quarterfinals. Uh, for Tom Lanovich, she lost 6-4, uh, to the fifth seed on the Jabor. Uh, so she was really down on herself after that, but she said that she really had to give herself a pat on the back because she said she did deserve 
deserve it, and she absolutely did. She had an incredible tournament, including beating Serena Williams in front of a massive crowd. Uh, as for Kyrgios, he was beaten in five sets. It was the usual Kyrgios roller coaster. Uh, really good for people who wanted to distract themselves at work to watch a really massive game of tennis in the middle of the day. Uh, he was troubled by a leg problem right at the start, uh, but he hung in there and sadly wasn't able to pull it off. It's onward and upward, though, as both Tom Lanovich and Kyrgios have already said they're looking forward to their next challenge. So bring on the Oz Open, only 129 days to go. We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online, kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit NordVPN vpn.com forward slash squiz today. For many people, Claire, especially post-COVID, finding a romantic partner is hard enough, but finding someone to have a child with is even more challenging. But one guy in WA reckons he's got the solution. (laughs) It's an app. An app seems to be the solution to everything these days. Uh, His app is called Just a Baby. So the emphasis on being not looking for a long-term forever kind of relationship with someone, uh, it's looking for someone to really uh, give them, and this is the quote, eggs, a womb, an embryo or sperm. So it's a very specific kind of platform. Uh, He calls it Tinder for wannabe parents. Yes, it's an interesting idea, but he claims he has 25,000 users a month. So somebody's obviously into it, but it makes you wonder what on earth must be in those terms and conditions. It's a long read, that one. Squeeze the day, Claire. What are you highlighting today? Are you okay, day? Uh, It's a good reminder just to check in with the people around you. Definitely. I'm going to go highbrow as it's the anniversary of the unveiling of Michelangelo's statue of David in Florence in 1504. I have seen it in the flesh, if you can say that, and I have to say it is just as realistic and detailed as you would hope. (laughs) It is quite incredible. You have to go and see it if you're ever in Italy. That's it from us today, but the good news is it's Friday tomorrow, so we'll see you then to wrap up the week. Hi there, it's Bryce from Squiz Kids, the daily news podcast for small people. March is Women's History Month, and we're celebrating over on our socials. Every weekday this month, we're throwing the spotlight on a different iconic woman from Australia's rich history. Follow us on Instagram via the handle at Squiz Kids to learn the backstories of some incredible Aussie women, and together, honour their legacies.